0: Good morning. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. Sitka experienced widespread power outages shortly after 1 a.m. this morning. The outage affected Electric Department customers on Halba Point Road and Sawmill Creek Road throughout downtown Sitka and on Japonski Island. It lasted around two hours. In an email to KCAW, Utility Director Scott Elder wrote that the windy conditions caused the outage. A damaged tree fell into a transmission line on Jarvis Street around 1.11 a.m. Electric crews removed the tree, and power was restored to all of Sitka shortly before 3 a.m. 911 phone lines were temporarily down during part of the outage, according to a post on the Sitka Police Department's Facebook page. Sitka was under a high wind warning on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, with the National Weather Service predicting wind gusts ranging from 35 to 60 miles per hour. As 2020 comes to a close, the city is quickly spending the last of its CARES Act dollars and is now seeking other federal aid. Sitka received just over $14 million in federal coronavirus relief funds this year. The money came with strict parameters, and the deadline for spending it was originally December 30th. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday night, City Administrator John Leach told members that though Congress recently extended that deadline to September 2021, Sitka likely won't need the extra time.
1: Since we had such a, um, a great team and a good working group, uh, we put together a very strong plan for grants uh, for utility subsidies. Uh, for social programs, for city mitigation efforts, and that money is working as planned. So we're hoping to um, continue along that plan and close out this first round of funding on December 30th as anticipated.
0: Leach said there may be a small amount of funding left over. He said city staff will present the final numbers to the assembly in January. But while the city is days away from closing out its CARES Act accounts, another request for federal relief is in the works. The Assembly approved a resolution declaring a local emergency due to the recent weather systems that caused landslides and flooding across southeast and two fatalities in Haines. Governor Mike Dunleavy declared a similar disaster emergency for the entire region earlier this month and requested FEMA assistance. In Sitka, the November storms caused several landslides and just under $1 million in damage to public and private property. The local emergency declaration opens up opportunities to receive federal relief funds similar to the COVID emergency declared in March. But during public comment, former Assemblymember Richard Wien said they shouldn't count on much. Um, having been a former member of the EOC, you could see how places like FEMA are very um, I won't say stingy, but very much looking not to pay anything. And so I think this is a great idea, it needs to happen. It's just that um, uh, I hope the disappointment level is not great when, when they don't um, uh, give us much, uh, if anything. The resolution declaring a local emergency passed unanimously. Sitka's campus of the University of Alaska Southeast is closed to the public, but education is happening there at greater greater levels than anyone expected. Dr. Paul Kraft is the UAS Sitka campus director. During a presentation for the Sitka Chamber of Commerce Fall Speaker Series earlier this month, he said that enrollment is 750 students. He credited the strong numbers to the fact that the campus already had a well-established distance learning program in place when the pandemic struck in March of this year. Here's an excerpt of his remarks.
2: UAS Sitka was probably impacted less than 99% of the, uh, the campuses across the country um, because remote is what we're really good at. Um, and uh, but, uh, but another impact of the COVID-19 is that when students were looking for online classes, UAS Sitka was one of the, if not one of the main players in the state of Alaska. So when students were looking through the menu of options, Sitka was one of the uh, relatively few that they could choose from. Now everybody's in that pond, and that pond has become very crowded. So there's been some kind of jostling back and forth of who's who's going to teach this class, who's delivering that, and um, so anyway, it's just something that's added to the complexity of an already complex organization. However, I'm an optimistic person and I see in the midst of challenges, opportunities. Uh, As a result of COVID, many more students have become exposed to online education at the university level. And because we do it so well, my hope is that as we move forward, move out of the COVID-19 situation, we, uh, some of those students will have had good experiences and they will continue to see us as an option where before they didn't know we were around.
0: That's Dr. Paul Kraft speaking to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce earlier this month. Kraft said that the university system was halfway through a three-year budget reduction negotiated with Governor Mike Dunleavy in 2019. Although faculty numbers are about the same, campus staff positions have been cut from 26 to 15. The state's financial contribution has been cut by about $1 million, forcing the campus to make up the difference with grants and increases in tuition. The latter, said Kraft, is something no one likes to see. And an Alaskan-based theater company is putting a clinket twist on a holiday classic. KNBA's Trip Kraus talks with Perseverance Theater's playwright-in-residence about the production and how the theater has adapted during a pandemic.
3: Christmas time, we bring you in for herring aids. You are our friend. Oh, From the opening
1: tree, carol, viewers will notice a particular Southeast Alaska flavor to a clinket Christmas Carol. Vera Starbard is a playwright in residence for Perseverance Theater and adapted the story. If
3: you enjoy a Christmas Carol like I do, you'll recognize the story. Like, it, it definitely, plot wise, has a lot of the same beats. Um, obviously, not exactly the same, um, but you'll you'll definitely recognize the story.
1: The production will be in five roughly twenty-minute episodes or staves, live streamed through Perseverance Theaters' Facebook page and YouTube channel. After each Dave is finished, it will be made available to rewatch until Russian Orthodox Christmas on January seventh. As the first Dave begins, viewers and theater patrons will recognize the story. Scrooge is a successful CEO of a native corporation subsidiary in an unnamed town. He's also a boarding school survivor, though Starbird says that element is intentionally subtle.
3: So I I didn't want to uh, sort of obsess on that because I think that ultimately um, I didn't experience that and I don't have the right to tell you that story uh, without someone who's been there. But I did want to allow a look
1: into that and a look into
3: why our Scrooge is the way he is.
1: And Scrooge hates Christmas, even when his niece, Frida, invites him over to celebrate Russian Orthodox Christmas.
0: And you think some exhausting event made for a made-up holiday filled with half the miserable
1: people in this miserable community is where I'd like to be? Fair point, but... I'd still love to see you there. Humbug. The character of E.B. Scrooge is played by Ed Littlefield, who's Clinkett and serves as a music director as well, Starbird says.
3: He's a wonderful Clinkett musician who uh, just makes this absolute magic. The songs um, start out actually very sort of Western Christmas, and the further you get into the stage, there are more clinket, and there's more clinket language, and there's more clinket sounding um, drums and rattles. You'll hear uh, some deer rattles in there. It is just such such a magical thing to hear sort of these um, familiar noises in a new kind of medium.
1: The production's critically acclaimed stage director, Madeline Sayet, is Mohegan. The largely Native casting crew includes representatives from a variety of tribes and nations including Yupik, Inupiaq, Osage, Métis, Cree, and more.
3: And we're all bringing our culture and our values into how we're creating this in the first place. And yes, that's reflected in the story itself as an Indigenous person who wrote it, but you see it in the acting and the choices that are made for the music.
1: Juno-based Perseverance offers performances in Juno and Anchorage and in the time of coronavirus virtually. Starbird says the theater industry largely shuttered nationwide to prevent the possibility of spreading COVID-19. The shutdown left a lot of theater artists and writers out of work, but it also sparked a boom in online productions. Because
3: we're not going to stop creating. We're not going to stop putting out art. And it's been difficult for some people to sort of be in this very stressful pandemic era, but
1: also be creating art. Starbird says going virtual opened up more opportunities to connect with other artists as well as offering productions to remote villages.
3: I'm really hoping that we also keep working on the Zoom or working on whatever technology comes out of it because the accessibility of what we're doing right now um, is so much more than what we've been able to do before. But I can now say, well, Clingit Christmas, Carol, you're going to be able to see whenever you want <laughs> From wherever you are, literally anywhere in the world. I mean, that' exciting to me.
1: The stays of a of Christmas Carol will be released each Friday until Christmas Day, December twenty fifth, and available to rewatch until January seventh. For more information, go to ptalaska.org in Anchorage. I'm Trip Kraus.
0: And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. Thanks so much for tuning in. Coming up on One Minute After 8 a.m., this is Morning Edition on Raven Radio.